Human interviews are all about capturing people's diverse passions and special skill sets. Bob Garlick and Andrew McGivern chat with local and international specialists to find out what they do and why they do it. Hey everybody, it's another Maven interview for sure. I got my rocking co-host here, Andrew. Andrew, who do we have on the show today? Well, we've got another top-notch maven. This guy is the LinkedIn rock star, Ooh. social media pioneer. He's a two-time Forbes Top 50 social media power influencer. So this is our second uh, so- uh, Forbes power influencer on the show. Sweet. And he's an internationally acclaimed LinkedIn authority and futurist. Oh. Uh, he's the founder of Integrated Alliances, which is the world's first social media firm. Impressive. Yeah, it is. That is. He's, uh, he's a he's a uh, an inspiring speaker, and he's written a book called "Rock the World with Your Online Presence," which is a LinkedIn book. And apparently, there's a new version coming out soon. Did we uh, did we miss anything, Mike? Pretty good. Pretty pretty <laughs> darn good. Um, a thousand concerts. You didn't mention that. And I'll oh mention- yes, that's right. He's, he's, the reason why it's called the LinkedIn Rock Stars because he really is a rock star. Really? What's your What's your weapon of choice? Um, my voice, actually. Oh. Um, there, there's a good story with it. Uh, you know, LinkedIn introduces you to people of all different kinds, and, and you never know who's going who's gonna to reach out to you. And a guy from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp reached out to me on LinkedIn. He was searching on rock and roll, and I have it spelled every which way. There's about 10 ways to spell rock and roll. Did you know that? Wow. I know they got that dash with the N on it. That's usually where I do it. Yeah, you got and, and you got the and percent, and the dash and, and the and dash, and the dash and dash, and I think there's probably a few others. (laughs) And Guns N' Roses does it a certain way, and Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp does it a different way. But fortunately, I've got them all covered. Think SEO and Rock and Roll. There you go, right? (laughs) Nice. Um, Somehow I was able to get get a pass to go to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and it was a... it was a, a session that was headed by Dickie Betts and about 15 other big-time rockers from uh, Aerosmith and Kiss and bands like that. Wow. You must have been in heaven. Um, I was, but the end of three days of practice, a vocalist is getting a little sore there. You know? yeah. uh, you, you're not eating ice cream while you're, while you're singing, and you feel like you should. Your vocal cords, after three days of, of belting it out, are pretty wild and we had sessions like with jack blades from night ranger he taught his vocal lessons um i had vocal lessons from uh, uh kip winger from winger mm. um oh cool suck your stomach in and sing from here <laughs> um i'm pretty natural with a microphone in my hand in fact i'm a little overboard mm-hmm. so you write on top of them you write on top of the mic you're, you're like you're basically eating the mic yeah yeah kind of like a rapper um mm-hmm. if anybody wants um they can they can see my video from rock and roll fantasy camp just on youtube Mike O'Neill, and that's O apostrophe N E I L, Mike O'Neill Fantasy Camp. Cool. All right. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Hey, um, on, I think, I don't know if it was your latest episode I was listening to, uh, Rock the World with LinkedIn. Is that what it's called? Or uh, Rock, is that it? Rock the World the radio with LinkedIn? Radio show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lori said uh, when you were going to commercial um, break or something like that, she said, I want to hear some. Uh, some uh, tunes as you go out and, and, and you just said, you know, with your own voice, you went with these. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, not only, uh, not only can you sing, but you can, you can uh, do like the Joe Satriani guitar with your voice. I, uh, you know, singing is different than being a vocalist. I'm more of a vocalist. Mm. See, you set lower standards for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, the fire chief is a vocalist at times. You know, he's yeah. not a singer, but he's you know definitely a vocalist and stuff. Belt it out. Um, uh, I, I have a lot, a lot going on with with regard to people that I've met through through music and all. In fact, like like I met the co-founder of Oracle at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. In fact, he's one of the primary investors. He's been to a dozen camps. His wow. name is Ed Oates. Ed Oates. Hmm. Cool. So do you think uh, the ability to, to groove with rock and roll is, is a good prerequisite for a CEO and a, a leader in today's uh, wor- business world? Well, the, the founder of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp has a terrific book called Rock Your Business, and I've read it through twice now. In fact, he's going to write the cover to a, to a book we have coming up. He's going to write, write the, uh, the, the preface to it. Mm. And um, you know, so many of the things that he brings up there are things we're either already doing or we're going like, oh, my God, and, you know, like, if, if someone says three out of three things are great and they're going to tell you number four, do you get excited? Mm. You know, you're three for three. I'm, you know, I'm betting on four for four here yep. in, in my case. And uh, the, the, the lessons are, are lessons we know as well. I mean, if you've got a really good business idea, people will barter for it. So that's a way to get started early on. Barter your business. You know, free tickets for in exchange for promotion. Free mm. this in exchange for that. And if you've got something that people want, hallelujah. You know, it goes better. It goes better. Mm. Um, partnering with other people. That was a really big piece, too, that came from it. And, you know, we're, we're, we partner, you know, look at our name, Integrated Alliances. We picked a good name 10 years ago. It's even more stylish now. <laughs> um, these, are, these are big things. And doesn't a band have to work together to, to, I mean, what if one person's off in a band? Yeah. Does the whole song stink? And you owe it to your team, to your other band members to excel and to do your part. I mean, I, I, when I was late coming in with my vocals, and it did happen. Um, in practice, um, boy, you know, I was scolded by our drummer, who's a professional. He was the drummer for Pat Travers' band. Mm. You know, you don't show up late. You know, you you put in a little extra overtime. You 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 look at try to do it better every time. These are these are principles that that come from it. And then you got the big show, so you got to put it on and do it do it in a way that um, you know doesn't have the safety net that you have when you're practicing. Of, yeah, there's of, uh, there's no room for mediocrity, right? When you're, when you're well, the, not on stage at the Fillmore, especially when you're compared with nine other bands. There are ten bands, and we were number two, so I didn't know what I was up against and how how it was all going. And guys, here's the funny thing: I still had my backstage pass on my pants, so I'm I'm, I'm jamming, I'm singing up there, and I got this backstage pass on my leg, jumping up and down. You know, you <laughs> shouldn't be doing that. You know, don't wear a hello, my name is badge <laughs> when you're singing. Just, just find a place to put it. Yeah. Hey, it's that, you know, it, it's a, you could have just called it a wardrobe malfunction. There you go. I thought about doing something in post on it, actually. Ah. I could have it surgically removed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's a great story now. Course. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. that's that's one of the great things about uh, rock and roll or, or social media is the stories and and the ability to communicate with people and get them, you know, rocking and excited about you as a brand and and whoever you're trying to do business with. Of course, how how are you you looking at at LinkedIn now? For me, I think LinkedIn's at a tipping point where it's like the new flavor of the year, and if you say, "Wow, I got to get into LinkedIn," and uh, I'm noticing way more people are uh, much more attuned to uh, the the word LinkedIn than they were six months or a year ago. Are you finding that now? Well, yeah, I have. We're, we're at the stage where you're pretty much 100% penetration with, with people who are external facing at any company, mm. you know, and if, uh, 
if, if someone has a bare profile with nothing in it, it probably means they're safe in their job. But someone invited them and they couldn't say no. Sooner mm-hmm. or later, you, get, you can't just, just, just say, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. And LinkedIn's the safe bet. You know, if you're going to do one thing in the social media space, you know, that's the one to do. You're, you're not going to get in trouble this way, the other way. What most people do is they're just going to copy their resume, right? Yeah. Copy, paste their resume into LinkedIn, and there they are. And, you know, that's a good start, for, I guess. You know, better, better start than not being there at all. Well, LinkedIn kind of does that for you when you start up. They'll say, hey, do you want us to uh, grab all the information from your resume yeah. and slap it in for you? Yeah, if you've got a really well-formatted resume, it'll come over kind of nicely. Um, don't have it come over if you've already got stuff in there, though, because it doesn't depend well. Mm. Okay. You'll get duplicates. You know, it'll, it'll import your job at Coors as another job at Coors without matching them up if you already have some stuff there. So that's just, just this one little um, thing to be aware of. The big thing in the LinkedIn space is that you know people are understanding a lot about big data and analytics and all the NSA is collecting all this stuff to figure out who's who and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Look at the kind of information LinkedIn has about B2B business behavior. Who's shopping for what? How many times are they shopping where? How many have they? And who's in the lists and who's, you know, connected such and such a way? Who's looking for what? You know, the big search engine within LinkedIn, people know who's looking for what. It's the ultimate big data engine for business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. so – the thing that with LinkedIn is there's so much there that you could be messing around with it for, you know, months and months and just be scratching the surface. And I think there's – people have really got to take it way more seriously and say, you know what, this is a tool and it's like owning a car. I should use it every day and I should be good at using it and I should learn about it and read books on it. Well, getting a, getting a routine together is probably a good thing that we can help your audience with just a little bit. So mm-hmm. what's a good routine for LinkedIn? How much time should I spend and what? And, and let, me, let me share that because well, Lori and I have got a pretty good one that works for people. Assuming that you've already built out your profile, you're kind of on a glide path a little bit. You know, you're not, it's not new, you know, all that. It's, you're kind of in a steady state. 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes near the lunch hour, and 15 minutes before you go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Start with an empty ma- mailbox. Those three things, and, and you know, if you want to take more time, fine, but no more than that's required. Anything more than that. And this is for co- external people, got, got revenue numbers, sales folks, recruiters, you know, any, anybody should spend a minimum of that, that sort of stuff. And, you know, we focus on salespeople here, and they're, 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 you know, the kind of folks I'd recommend having a couple tabs open, two, three, four tabs on LinkedIn open, so you can kind of keep people's profiles loaded and load another one, another one parallel with one another. You could load up a dozen windows. In fact, I often will have a dozen LinkedIn windows, even in different browsers open. Hmm, so so nice during, uh, during the, that 15 minutes, what is the, uh, what's the workflow? What are, what are they doing? Okay, you, you're, you start with your inbox and seeing who's, who's, who, is, uh, who has sent you communications and deal with your inbox. So you'll send thank you messages after you connect to people. There's a sort of chit-chat that goes back and forth. Um, the other thing is most folks will have a group or two that they decide that that's going to be their one. Mm. You can join 50 groups, and, you know, there's generally enough time and, and, and span and attention for really to do something with one or two of them. Okay? Um, so that, that's, a good, that's a good piece to kind of start, start the morning. Okay? In, the, in the midday out there, you, some things might have come in, and also you're starting to think about, well, gee, I've had some activity this morning. I should check out the people that, I, that I've already talked to or the people that I'm going to talk to. There's always a 
a preparatory thing when you're going to call somebody. So there's kind of the close it out by saying thanks for that conversation and then, you know, prepping up for the next one going forward. And LinkedIn keeps a nice little log file. of You can go back and find things that you sent and received. It's not perfect, but it's kind of nice to go back and see, you know, when you connected with someone and what, what message it was and all. And that's some of the new features in the paid version of LinkedIn. They've got some new CRM kind of things going on. Mm. Um, that's a good uh, segue, actually, for, for uh, a paid version of LinkedIn. When should somebody consider deciding to go for, for a pro account right away or, or once they start getting more comfortable with it? I'd say if your profile's really, really done and you start really inviting people, start because the profile's your first part. Once you get that kind of going, you're ready to step out. I, I'd jump on it pretty quickly if you have a revenue-producing job. In fact, I'd pay the annual amount. It's a little over 200 bucks, and get that, get that service and just be done with it one time. Mm. Um, you get a couple months for free. And the, you know, the list of uh, things on and on um, is actually you know, uh, been a list of you know, they don't take something away from you now. They, they used to add more features and, and add you know, more quantities of stuff. Recently, you've stopped having some features like being able to see the full name of your you know, more distant connections. We call them Tier 3 connections. Mm. Yeah. used to be able to see their full name. And you used to, when you pay for a subscription, you get a lot more results. It's kind of nice to get... 300 results or 500 instead of 100 it goes a lot better mm-hmm. you know more is better in a lot of cases guys yep um for people that are uh, using it as as a, a business business sales tool when do you think they should start um getting more salesy on it like the, they, they've connected with somebody say hey you know do a quick reach out here's some tips and tricks when is an opportune time for them to say, hey, you know, I do this if I can help you or if you know somebody that I can help? Um, when's a good time to start asking? Well, the inviting process and, and thank you process is a big, big component to that. So I don't think you ever, you, you, never, you never really start or stop it. It just is something that's kind of part of what happens. Certain people you'll be more salesy with than others. I, I'm not going to try to sell something, nor should you or anyone try to sell something to somebody that we know they don't need. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to sell you a, a, a DS3 line at home. Hey, you know, you know, guys, you really need this 45 meg pipe DS3. It's <laughs> no, $7,500 a month, but you really need it. Yeah. You need it. You know, you got to you got to pick the right things and the right people who need them. Yeah. There's a philosophy called nude marketing, N-U-D-E. Does that sound intriguing? Yeah. <laughs> Let me put when my glasses on. When I tell it to you, it'll make a lot of sense. And it's how to have a viral kind of product. And it needs to have four, four categories. The first one, N for nude, is novelty. It has to be cool. It has to be neat. How cool is a, is a quarter pounder? But the Asian wrap at McDonald's, that's cool. That's new. You know, people attach newness and coolness to it. Not for, not for a traditional products. So that's N. The U part is called utility. People really need to have it. You know, you don't need a DS3. It doesn't matter what it is. You cannot use a 45 meg pipe at home in that environment there. Mm. Let's just say you could. Maybe you could. I could. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I'd love One it. Of those? <laughs> All right. So maybe that's a bad example. How about an OC192, a 100 gigabit pipe? Okay. Because <laughs> it costs $197,000 a day. Like that. <laughs> that, so, but if it's something you need... And it's something that's cool, you might keep listening. Yeah. 
And if it was if it was good, eight out of ten times, you'd say, well, you know, maybe maybe I'll think twice about that again. It's got to be dependable. D, dependable. Mm-hmm. Don't recommend something that might be good. A friend who might have a good experience, unless you put a big de- disclaimer on it, right? Yeah. You, know, you might like the car, but you know what? It goes kind of slow, and it might you might you know, yeah, but you might like it. Uh, you know that doesn't that doesn't work. Three out of four times, it got me there. <laughs> Whoa. The last part um, uh, in, in nude marketing is it has to be economical. Mm-hmm. It has to be priced right because you can nail the other three and put an extra zero on the price and no one can afford it and it just doesn't matter. But if it's cool and people need it and it's dependable and it's priced right, it can, people to, you know, it can go viral if, in the right environment. Mm-hmm. So think about you know, what, what's... How do you make your product more cool? And how, who needs it? And how, how dependable is it? And you know, do I have it priced right? So if you think about who really needs that, now you're par- now you're barking, and that's the kind of person you're talking about, right? Something qualified. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like uh, a normal sales process. As a salesperson, you're uncovering people's needs, asking questions, finding out uh, where the pain points are, what what they could use in their business, and if it matches your product, then you uh, pitch them on it. Exactly. Now, the best way to really to really deal with things is to have people come to you, isn't it? Don't you Absolutely. like it when they call you? Inbound marketing, yeah, sure. Margin's a little higher that way? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, you don't get the bottom of the line price when you're asked, calling me all ready to buy and stuff. <laughs> so connecting with your former coworkers and business partners, manufacture reps from the old days. Mm-hmm. Having a good, well-described job from the old days out there Pretty, pretty, pretty great thing because guess what? They are in different positions now. They used to be your competing sales rep in the cube next to you, and they're now the VP of operations at Sprint. And another guy who is sitting over here is now working for CenturyLink and and the the, term, the transmission division. Mm-hmm. You know, people as you get older become more important, at least generally, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. You go from being a manager to a to a vice president to a president. You know that over over time, and your old friends love to hear from you. Yeah, if someone called you over after a long period of time, and you go like, "Wow, it's great to hear from you." Does that happen? Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, Bob just uh, had an old friend in from uh, from Asia yesterday. Oh yeah, it was nice. Uh, Ex CEO from uh, Yahoo Asia. Very nice to chat with him. Hadn't seen him for like six years, but uh, you know what? We reconnected. Uh, I think through LinkedIn and Facebook, and uh, he was coming on a family vacation, so we, we tended to stay on Facebook because it was more uh, personal. But for sure, I think reconnecting with people with LinkedIn is is definitely a way to go. I wanted to know. I want to know what's the best way to discover new people on LinkedIn. Like, how do you get? If I want to talk to uh, the president of, of company X, but I'm way down the totem pole and and I just can't connect with them on the phone, um, I can't connect with them through uh, LinkedIn. What's the best strategy for me to actually get connected? Here's a really basic strategy that works, irregardless of, of, of LinkedIn or anything else. Mm. Is find yourself a coach at the company, someone who'll help you, you know, meander through the the automatic call tree. So to say, yep. Someone will kind of be your, you know, be your, be your guide, and that frankly, beer works well with those. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, black beer, right? Guinness <laughs> or uh, yeah. The, uh, if they like that, the more the better. Yeah, when they drink Coors, it doesn't mean as much. Although I drink Coors now because I'm, you know, 
outside of Colorado, it's really cold during course. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, I, that would be, you know, uh, as, as a strategy for LinkedIn, it, using groups for stuff like that. If, if you know somebody um, likes beer, if you could go to one of the beer groups and then find that person, then connect them on the beer level and saying, hey, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of so-and-so. How do you think I should do it? That's a nice backdoor approach, too. Yeah, that, that very is. Uh, I like to look at the interest section on their profile because mm. they put words in, and they're usually words that are, you know, not not fancy. There might be five or ten words there, like hockey and basketball, and you know, who knows what. Uh, I go kind of overboard. I, I even mentioned, you know, Tom Petty and John Mellencamp, and um, I'm into Duesenbergs and and uh, uh, Ferraris, mm. and I'm into into fine automobiles art. I would say. If you see some of that and mention any of that to me, boy, I'm just I'm just butter in your arms, and, and so are other people. When you, if it's horses or skeet shooting or whatever, if you mention it in a positive way, they're all over you. They'll, they'll just melt. Yep, that's what you're looking for. Flip it to business later in the conversation. I always go in with 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 something that's a personal in nature, frankly. Yeah, well, with a lot of the clients, that's one of the first things I'll ask them in an interview is like, hey, what are you passionate about? Don't worry about work and stuff like that. Forget about that. What do you, what makes you excited? And, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, it'll be say, oh, I love golf. And so, gosh, write about golf, get people to communicate with you about golf, and then use golf as a metaphor to talk about your product, uh, to introduce and be your product very subtly. Yeah, as a radio host, you're, you, you have to be kind of skilled on your on your feet. In terms of coming up with analogies, you know, mm-hmm. relating something new back to something that you already know, so it's a little easier for for people to kind of understand. Because you know, you don't have a whole lot of time on a radio show to explain all the things you need to know to understand our point here. Yeah. You got to kind of do it in thumbnail version or abstract, exactly sort of sort of version. Um, well, the thing about about that they're saying now in the sales world, and and you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big statistics guy, but it really really came close to home is that. Two-thirds of the sales process is done by the time they reach out to any vendors. They're, they're checking you out, checking the products out, comparisons, blogs, you name it, before they even reach out. So you don't get a chance to tell them about all the features of your product. For the most part, they've already seen it and developed some sort of opinion. And gosh, it's great if they've called you that your marketing didn't scare them away. Your profile didn't scare them away. You know, you didn't have a, didn't have a bad thing happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of things to, they're looking to check people off. Who can I scratch off this list, right? Like a employer, right? Who, yeah. can, I, who can I kill? Well, it's definitely. Over- there's already up to, to choose from. Well, definitely there, there's, there's uh, overload happening. And then there's the trust factor. It's a lot of times when you're making a decision for your company, whether it's your own company or you're, you're an employee of that company, it's the trust factor. And a lot of times you'll end up using somebody that you trust over a higher quality product. I know that sounds crazy, but it's that trust thing. And uh, if people think they're risking their jobs by making a decision, it's very hard to break into that trust circle. How do you, um, how do you think LinkedIn's helping that process? Well, but LinkedIn kind of comes in as a trusted, trusted, uh, trusted partner for a lot of folks. They think a lot of companies think LinkedIn is their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, these are especially folks that are doing a lot with recruiting. If you're in the recruiting world, you know you are partners with LinkedIn. And you know, ten years ago, you were partners with CareerBuilder or Monster. You have that kind of partnership in recruiting, kind of close, right? Yep. Um, in fact, recruiters pay a lot of money for a for a, uh, an extended version, a fancier version of LinkedIn called LinkedIn Recruiter, four hundred bucks a month on up. 
You know, you better be kind of serious if someone's spending that. And for the most part, it's companies who spend it on their employees who do recruiting. It's not coming out of their personal wallet. If I had to write a check for $400 to LinkedIn every month out of my personal wallet, I might feel differently about it than if my employer does, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, think, think about how that adds up as you have a team, and now you've got teams in different cities and all. That's a lot of money that, that you end up at the bottom line writing a check to LinkedIn every month. Mm-hmm. Big companies. And they're adopting it in their standard operating procedure. I mean, when you go to Sprint and these other places, the onboarding process includes social media stuff now. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they've got their favorite. Well, what about like um, CRM? Like I was chatting with a guy the other day and he says, you know, I'm kind of using LinkedIn as my CRM right now. And I, I was thinking, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you think that's a viable approach or should you have a separate uh, CRM? Well, I'll tell you, uh, CRM is a, is a <laughs> extremely fluid area right now, especially yep. when you talk about hooks in the social media space yep. because – the, the, the kind of, of, of hooks that you need to do between a CRM and LinkedIn, for example, if you're going to connect a CRM to LinkedIn, as opposed to using it as a CRM, um, not everything lines up. Mm-hmm. You can't do things that you might think you could do. If you wanted to make a change over here, well, there's no write command. There's no put command. There's no way to affect a change. You can only read. Reading's a whole lot different. APIs, when you're reading, is like, well, I can read a book, but I need to write the book. I need to respond. And no such function in, in many cases in the current version of things. Mm-hmm. Um, CR, the CRM tool that I'm most impressed with is Infusionsoft. Yeah, I've heard a lot of mm, good things with yeah. that. I think they've got it going better than just about anybody. They've got the right nailed up things, and they recently bought a, a social media company. So hopefully they can incorporate some of those social media hooks. Like if a lead comes in on Twitter... There's nothing going to get a lead in from Twitter into a CRM system other than a person keying stuff in. Yeah. Pers- Got to use a person for that. There's no tool that'll, that'll essentially do that today. But in the future, those things will be there. And I'm actually writing a book called Social Media 4.0 that goes over a lot of these things, what dashboards are going to look like in the future. If you want to connect with with Bob, well, I could push one button and connect on five platforms with one push of a button, mm-hmm. not go to five different platforms and meander the user interfaces to find the, the button that does this and the button that does that, different in every single platform. Yeah. That's, what, that's where it's headed. It's also going to head from you'll be able to pause and delete uh, connections across platforms as well. When I say pause, think about it. You had a fight with your girlfriend and you paused it. In a in a in a weird sense, you know, mm-hmm. but putting it on pause. Mm-hmm. When when that happens, guys, there you're, you're no longer are people seeing ads on LinkedIn and LinkedIn collected ad money and LinkedIn subscriptions don't mean much because the dashboard's got all the action going on. Yeah, and it's talking to LinkedIn in the background while it's talking to Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of others. Yeah. So, is there a company that has developed something that is kind of uh, the beta version of what you're talking about, or is this? Uh, nimble, nimble probably does the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, nimble. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, that's a very good point you made about uh, if everybody jumps on platforms, then the actual providers like LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, do you think they might pull the plug? I think they're going to start charging for data. That's what I think. Yeah, well, that makes sense. 
You know, the telephone companies charge when, when AT&T and Sprint connect their networks together, there's all this traffic that they send back and forth. And if it's too far in one direction over another, they pay extra money. They pay money for it. You get to, you know, as long as about half of it's mine and half of it's yours, we'll just exchange that traffic on our internet networks between AT&T and Sprint. But if Sprint sends twice as much traffic over to AT&T than they send back here, someone's going to write a check for that extra bandwidth. And that's the kind of thing that's going to happen if... Uh, uh, almost like a data plan. Mm-hmm. Um, At least I'm believing. We're, we're kind of heading what the future might look like, but in some ways we can affect the future if we think about it right. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff you talk about, like the books and and um, your experience with LinkedIn and, and training and all that, uh, where's a great place for people to uh, check you out and, and find out more about some of these things? Well, our, our basic website is integratedalliances.com, mm-hmm. integratedalliances.com, and uh, we've got a lot of resources out there, including a full-blown free LinkedIn e-learning program done in a fancy studio, Lori and I, showing you LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other resources out there, because frankly, you know, the, the self-serve part works as well. We let people get our free stuff and sample our video, and you know, some of them call. Yep. Some of them kind of like that. And, you know, maybe maybe some folks on this call would want to get some free LinkedIn training by going to integratedalliances.com. It's pretty pretty simple. Well, and, and so, the training you're, the free training you're giving it's it's pretty good stuff, man. It's it's not it's there's very some really meaty subjects that you dig into. We met our partners there on LinkedIn. See, mm. we I wouldn't have had all of that video fancy stuff going on if I hadn't made some very good partnerships because of searches and having a great profile on LinkedIn. It was a combination of a search matching up with a, you know, I, I, I got caught up in the search and I was searched. I, I was on page one at the top of page one, probably, because when you have a bigger network and been there longer, the algorithms kind of push you up. They kind of reward seniority a little bit. Yeah. And they should. They should. So you've built a pretty solid, uh, influential following in, in social media. That's why, or in Twitter uh, specifically, that's why you were rated in the top 50 and you and Lori are both in the top 50 and, um, she's in the top 20, uh, women as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're, you're the only, uh, part business partners that are in the, uh, that are together in, in, in those lists. Yeah, there aren't any any two from the same family or company or, or anything. Um, Lori is both my business partner and my life partner, so it's even more complex. Ah, there you that. go. <laughs> and um, I, it, I, and I won't get too far about some of the other people in there because there's some other very fire, you know, very very nice people in there that we we know very well in the in the in the group there. The LinkedIn people really know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, the top LinkedIn people. The, the list of there's about ten or twelve of us that are kind of at the top of the game here. Yep. And um, there's a whole bunch of people wanting to get into it and, and deserving to. You know, it, it, the group gets bigger all the time. But you can't learn experience so much, you know. Yeah. It takes so many seasons, so many. It takes nine months to make a baby. You know, these some things you just got to do your time, mm-hmm. which means you're going to need to watch what some other people are doing. Even if you go, I can do that, I can do that. They've got seven years of doing it, and you've got two. So you've got to kind of still pay attention. Absolutely. Uh, actually, I'd like to crunch some numbers with you. Um, what's the maximum amount of people that uh, you can connect with on LinkedIn? 30,000. Now, have you reached that 30,000? I would think quite easily. Quite Two, years ago. <laughs> Two years ago. Two years ago. 
So what's the strategy for that? You know, knowing that you've got 30,000 people is their limit. You've got, you know, five, six, 10, 15, 20,000 people. When should you start looking at groups as a way to move people over and do the communication as in, in groups? Well, right from the very get go. Groups yeah. are, groups are something that you, it's a, it's a parallel thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling other people to go, go get 30,000 connections. Things are different now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started a long, long, long time ago and, if you planted a, a seed to an oak tree 40 years ago, it's a tall tree, you know, yeah. as opposed to the, you know, tree that's planted 10 years ago. It's mm-hmm. just, it just, it just goes that way. Um, and there's, there's more dangers now than there used to be. There, we never, in the early days of LinkedIn, had problems with fake profiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You weren't sent, there was never a bad link that was ever sent to anybody. Um, there weren't scams. The, these, the, there weren't all these automated processes and, and, and uh, autoresponders and things that are, that are kind of becoming in, into play now. So, you know, it was, it was safer back then. You know, it was just for the love of the game. Yeah. Baseball, as it should have been, you know, they might have said. <laughs> um, but, but nowadays, you know, it's gotten more serious because there's real money being made on LinkedIn. So people are looking to see how they can, you know, win the game by not, not bending the rules, but learning where the edge is. How far can we take this? Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll give you an example of how I use my bigger network as I travel. Because with a smaller network, you, you get less results doing this. If I, if I travel to Chicago, for example, and we're there three, four times a year, I send a LinkedIn message to all my Chicago direct connections, letting them know what's going on, why I'm in town. And while I'm here, I, I get some time to you know, meet up with some other folks. And in most cases, Lori and I throw what we call a LinkedIn rock star networking event. Basically, we're going to go to a bar, set up a little area in the corner or off to the side, bring hello, my name is badges, set up an Eventbrite registration site, and have people register for what's essentially just a drop-in happy hour. And I build a list of 50 to 100 people each time um, who, who register. And, uh, you know, next time I go, I can go to that same list and say, hey, I'm back again. And even Eventbrite will just send it out on Eventbrite's behalf. Nice. Cool. Um, now, hey, when that I go sounds, to Denver, uh, that sounds, that sounds familiar. I'm connected to in Denver. So in Denver, that's a big job. There's 80 times you need to go click 50 boxes. <laughs> you see that? There's, there's, that, that's where LinkedIn does this throttling. Sort of. You can do it. It's just going to take a lot of clicks. And, and frankly, I have a virtual assistant who does that for me. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds familiar, uh, taking over the back of a bar and having a little event. We, we do that every second Wednesday in downtown Vancouver. Uh, we, it's the Bunker Project Show. Yeah. There you go. Do you do it at Earl's? No, 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 no. no, no. We do it at, at what used to be called the Bunker. Now it's called the Den Bar. But uh, it, it, it's, part, it's quite eclectic, an eclectic group of people and some pretty eclectic conversations for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's in the Barclay Hotel. People like like that eclectic venue. Like in Indianapolis, we were at the Slippery Noodle. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, the Slippery Noodle's been the place where B.B. King and all the bands have come through, and we just happen to be there on open mic night. So mm-hmm. I'm having a LinkedIn party, and my LinkedIn friends at 8.30 or so are all kind of going, we're going to go in the other room over there. And I kind of go, well, what? wonder what's going on. Well, at 9 o'clock, it's open mic night, open band night, and all these people are bringing instruments, and... So we're sitting there with folks that we were just, you know, talking LinkedIn earlier with, watching the next band and the next band and the next band. And that's where it really got to me that, you know, I'm in the right spot. That music and LinkedIn go really well together, especially to people who 
like both of them, and that's a lot of people, frankly. Yep. Um, We're running out of time, Mike. It was uh, awesome chatting with you. Uh, Andrew, do you have one last question to to zap Mike with? Yeah, sure. For someone who's, um, say, in sales and is uh, looking to uh, improve their their profile, say they've got a basic profile set up, what's the number one thing Mm. uh, that you suggest? Is it putting video? Is it uh, using SlideShare? Is it, um, you know, putting the right keywords in? What would you, what's the number one tip that you would give to somebody who is in a sales position and looking to uh, capitalize on LinkedIn? Think about the summary on up. Your summary, the things, and the things above it. Focus on that. Your summary is a conversation, maybe a a 45-second conversation you have with the reader that has a call to action that says, if this is good, here's my email address, here's my phone number. And it's in the summary. It's, It's where they don't have to scroll much or scroll at all. Your picture's really, really important nowadays. Yeah. And have a picture that's got something that springs from the page. An average picture looking like a mug shot in business, you know, it, it doesn't do it anymore. And frankly, three, four years ago, it was more fitting in with your picture. Now it's more standing out with your picture. Mm. Both of you guys have great standout pictures here on Skype, by the way. Hey, thank you very much. You got a nice one, too. That's the picture I use on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, it's consistency of, of, of your brand. Uh, That's for Bob sure. Seeger in the background there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just wanted to ask you, you know how you can change the order of, of what people see on your profile? Is there any magic sauce there, or is, is it just yeah. a... Um, um, it, it, if it, each section, section like job, jobs within a section, and even jobs in general, there's usually in the upper right corner of these sections... There's a little square, almost like a little hand, and you can just kind of grab it and move it around. It's in the upper right corner of most of these sections. Within the jobs, you can move stuff around. Yep. You can't take a job and move it out of the jobs area, but within jobs, you can move them around. Mm. And you can move stuff, you know, the whole jobs thing itself around. Just can't take them out of the basket, so to say. But but what do you think? Is there, there, is there a good order to have it in? Like you have the profile and jobs. The, the natural order is pretty good. You know, people yeah. are used to seeing stuff in a certain order. Yeah. If you move it around too much, it just, just, you know, mm. you can move a few things around. I moved, I moved my contact setting stuff um, a little bit and all. Um, the skills is an area that, that if people are looking for work, the skills area is something I would move up mm-hmm. even ahead of the job, the, the job stuff, the skills area. But for the most part, people are used to seeing, you know, the, the, the turn signal on the left of the car and the shifter on the right. And yeah. I don't suggest messing with that too much. Good point. Well, Mike, thank you very much for spending some time with us this afternoon or this evening, actually, now. It's um, awesome, guys. And uh, if people want to connect with you, what's the best platform through uh, LinkedIn or through uh, one of the groups or through Twitter? What, what would you recommend? Well, people can get to all my links at MikeIsOnline.com. No. MikeIsOnline.com. It yeah. takes you to all my links. And guess what? There's a LaurieIsOnline.com, too, for my partner, Laurie. Excellent. They're, they're cool. called link pages. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll make a point of, of definitely linking up with you. Very excited about your new book. I'm definitely going to invite you to come on the uh, Business Book Chat and uh, or Business Book Talk uh, podcast. Andrew? Yeah. You guys have a really great show. I, I enjoy the, the teamwork. Uh, Laurie and I do a show as well. Her and I sort of teamed up as well, mm. two-on-one, kind, kind of like this. We interview CEOs of social media companies. Very sweet. Well, that'd be great shout. We'd like to do a shout-out. If you think uh, somebody that would be a good fit for uh, the Maven interviews, we'd love to chat with them. 
Yeah, I've got yeah, some really good ideas for you guys. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. And we'd love to have you back and uh, maybe get Lori on as well in the future. Yeah, got to share. Mike, you got to share. Can't take all of it. You know, I, I, I got it. She gets enough spotlight already, but you're <laughs> right. We're, we're another we're another whole whole thing uh, having Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks together than as a solo act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get you, get you both on at the same time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Hey, um, for I'm just doing my traditional thing. So for day today, I'm gonna say um, sayonara. Arrivederci. Adios, amigos. <laughs> Thanks again, Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you will love our next guest. But until then, visit the website at maveninterviews.com for more information and links to iTunes, Twitter, and other social media platforms. If you would like to leave a message, please call 1-877-636-1474. You never know, it might be you featured on the show. Music.